Good morning, afternoon, or evening, and welcome to the Bloody Disgusting Network. The following show is just horrifying. Beware. I don't want to scare anyone, but I'm going to give it to you straight about Jason. His body was never recovered from the lake after he drowned. And if you listen to the old timers in town, they'll tell you he's still out there. Some sort of demented creature. Surviving in the wilderness. Full grown by now. Some folks claim they've even seen him. Right in this area. From the cold, chilly cabins of Camp Crystal Lake to outer space. We are Halloweenies! Happy Halloween, trick-or-treaters, dreamers, campers, and suspects. It's your boy, Michael Myers Rothman, and I've got a sweet summer treat for you. Today... That being August 1st, 2021, is the 35th anniversary of one of our favorite Friday the 13th films, 1986's Jason Lives. You remember our episode last year, right? We love this flick. Great mood, killer chemistry between Tom Matthews and Jennifer Cook, my pick for the hottest horror couple of all time, and one of the best rock and roll soundtracks in the series too. Well, anyways, we wanted to celebrate the anniversary today, and we realized we totally could. And here's why. If you recall, last year for Salem Horror Fest, we reunited the cast and crew over Zoom. We called it a Halloweenies homecoming. And to be fair, we weren't wrong. Writer and director Tommy McLaughlin, friend of the pod, helped us get almost everyone. Tom Matthews, CJ Graham, Vincent Guastafaro, I think I'm saying that right, <laughs> Cynthia Cania, Tom Fridley, the list goes on. What you're about to hear is audio lifted straight from the video which we think works for a podcast episode, mostly thanks to our own Justin Gerber, who kept the chat lively, full of heart, and with plenty of context. So you can hear the whole thing up ahead, or, and there's a caveat to this, you could head to Bloody Disgusting, where we've also posted the full video for you to watch online. Either way, the conversation is a delight, and it hammers down what makes the sequel so fun, so special, and so influential to the horror genre at large. In fact, if you think about it, Jason Lives has some great connective tissue to the franchise we're currently covering, which is Scream. So maybe consider this less of a detour and more of an extra credit assignment in our ensuing Randy's Rex series. We know Randy Meeks would totally approve of this movie. It's so meta. Anyways, I've jabbered on long enough, and it's time for you to make your way over to Camp Crystal Lake, or, I'm sorry, Forest Green, a nice place where the kids are having fun, the teens are having fun, and you will have fun. Just be sure to bring a jean jacket. kind of gets cold at night, especially when you're running through the woods away from that masked maniac we call Jason Voorhees. You've been warned. Now go help the cast and crew blow out 35 candles for 1986's Jason lives. Kill, kill, kill. Bye, bye, bye. You gotta do something. Jason's alive. Either you get some sleep, or I'm gonna come in there and put you out. You're gonna be sorry you didn't listen to me. 
Hey, Salem Horror Fest. This is Justin, one of the co-hosts of Halloweenies. And do we have a treat for you? If you've been following along with our podcast, you will know that we covered Jason Lives just a month ago. But uh, we're not done. Because to celebrate, I guess it's the 34th anniversary, you have to get everybody back together for the 34th anniversary. That's what I've heard over the years. So we're doing it. We've got the cast and crew. From Friday the 13th, part six, Jason Lives. And let's see who we've got here. Uh, number one on the call sheet. Of course. Is, of course. Is, and that was in the contrary for him to be here, actually. He, he insisted that we say that. Number one is the writer and director of Jason Lives, and you are. Tom McLaughlin, but I'm not number one on the call sheet. That's, uh, that's Tom Matthews. That's right. Oh. I'm, I'm, oh. I'm down over in the corner as writer director. Yeah, yeah, but let's say hi to Tom McLaughlin. Like, that's yeah. right, everybody, come on. Let's give a big round of applause. Yeah. Um, Tommy, I'm still alive. I'm still alive. Still kicking. You know, you made an allusion to another Tom, and we, we, got, we have to introduce him. The star of Jason Lives, the Tommy Jarvis in all of our hearts, who are you? <laughs> Tom Matthews. Nice to be here. Thank you all for joining us. Yes. A lot of people are here because of your contacts. Absolutely. Awesome. Um, we've got somebody else here who all he wanted to do was go play paintball, you know, with his, with his, with his coworkers. He was really going to make a name for himself and things ended badly. And that person is. Uh. <laughs> it's, uh, it starts with Whitney. <laughs> oh, that was me. <laughs> it's been a long yes, time. I, I, wanted, I wanted to be very impressive in the way I play paintball, and I kind of blew it. <laughs> Whitney Ridbeck, how are you? I am fine. I'm fine. I'm glad to be here. Thank you for inviting me. This is great. I had nothing to do, and now I have something to do. Yeah, <laughs> nothing to do, the theme of 2020. I think that's, the, that's what's going on right now. Well, we're doing now we have somebody time. here with... Two people uh, sharing a Zoom. Um, you'll know one of these people in the film was recently engaged and, and quickly annihilated. And somebody else uh, had a new gun with, uh, I guess you'd say, a, little, uh, a, red, a, red, a red dot was involved. And, and who are you? Who are these two people? Cynthia, yeah. Cynthia Kenya. Who did you and? play? Annette. And this is Deputy Rick Cologne right here. Yo, bang. Yo, ever. You guys are Oh, too right. Good. Vinny Gustaferro. That's right. I'm sorry. He doesn't matter. <laughs> it's all about, yeah. It's all about Rick Cologne. I mean, let's just. It's all let's, about let's, Rick Cologne. Come on. Come on. And <laughs> we're talking about um, a real leader of men. Uh, somebody who, you know, had a, had, a, had a girlfriend, was able to drive her RV for a very short period of time. <laughs> We're talking about court, and your name is Tom Fridley. Tom Fridley is here as well. Everybody, everybody, yeah, we haven't applause to you yet. Thank you Fantastic! Everybody's showing thank up all over the place. I appreciate it. It's nice to see all, all the fellas and girls and guys. It's nice to see all the Toms. All the Toms. All the toms. I know, Tom. <laughs> We've almost hit all the Toms. Or not quite. You know yet. what? Though, if you think no. about it, if you think about it, I don't know that many having the two Toms in the same scene. I think on set there was really not a problem because I think we all shot different days. I'm just trying to think. Yeah. Kind of. You know. Yeah. Tommy was in with you know the person at the same time, possibly. I, I possibly, possibly. I don't remember it well, happened on the set at all. Yeah. Um, hey. uh, next up here, 
we have somebody who a lot of people who are familiar with the movie might not actually recognize because I think we were probably around the same age when this movie came out, actually. Um, one of the two uh, humorous uh, lead uh, children of this movie, um, and your name, sir, is? Uh, that would be C.J. Graham. <laughs> oh, you're hilarious in this movie. <laughs> Hold oh, everything. Hold comic everything. Comic relief. Hey, I'm working I'm on about, my I'm talking about time. I need you're to hilarious. watch the same movie. I'm trying to get my piece in now. <laughs> I gotcha. Well, we got no Tom Noel, Ty, and say hello, Tom. Say hello. There he is. There he is. Oh, okay. Sorry, missed him. And you've heard his voice a couple times. Um, what can I say? There's nothing I can say except he's got a great pair of yellow gloves in this movie that never worn before or after. Jason Voorhees himself, Mr. C.J. Graham, how are you? C.J. Graham, ladies and gentlemen. C.J. Graham. In the flesh. And this is a special treat, ladies and gentlemen. Last but not least, who else do we have here on the chat? Yes, Maybe we I can't see anything. I, gotta, I think I got to Put it in gallery mode. Tommy, come on, give us a hint, McLaughlin. What's the deal? Yeah, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't cast this person. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, really? I don't think so. Okay. I think it's somebody's mother. Oh, geez. Oh, my God, Mom, are you on this? You're not supposed to be. She's supposed to be watching this. I'm well, supposed he's to be No, this is great. No, this is great. Because no, I'll tell you, it's unbelievable. Hold on. This is great. We have, and she didn't even know she was on. We no, have. No, I told her. I live in another house, and I told her. This is an absolute treat, because we have Ellen Travolta. There you go. This, oh, wow. Now, this is unbelievable, because... Several times this season, we have noted that many people in Friday the 13th movies appeared on Charles in Charge. So this is actually an incredible coincidence. <laughs> and we have not, no joke, we have mentioned Ellen Travolta several times during this season. What are the chances of that? I don't know. That's, that's why. I, I have know. to say something right now. This was not planned. When I, I, I Totally now she's sitting there, she thinks she's just watching it. Because I can't I see this. And I, thought, I, can't, this is, I don't have any of those screens. I saw her and I thought, this is saying? amazing. This is amazing. Hey, so you're more than welcome to stick around. Know, you're more than welcome to stick around. It fits with the theme of Halloweenies this season. So <laughs> this is great. This is great. Can you hear me? I, we can hear you. Too. Yeah, we hear you. can hear me. Okay. Yeah. Um, thank you uh, for <laughs> the acknowledgement I did not know. I just wanted to peek in and I will stay for a little bit. Sure. And I think you're all wonderful and um and have a wonderful great evening. Ellen Travolta. Ellen Travolta. Charles Thank Tr you. Thank Hello. you. Love it. Love it. Yes. Mother now, of Ellen, home. are you in Idaho now or are you living? I am. I am in oh, Idaho. Yeah. The only the only state that doesn't obey anything. Right. Oh boy. <laughs> Well, I remember you well from Chicago uh, when I was uh, breaking into voiceover there, and you were the top dog. In that town. was Margaret. That's my okay. sister. I, well, I remember her, too. Didn't you do some voice or acting there? No, I was at, um, uh, at oh, gosh, um, in the, down on Rush Street. All, I did all of those shows, but okay. I, I may have done a voiceover, but Margaret was the queen of voiceover. She's, yeah. she's a big voiceover person. Cool. This well, reunion is something, something that I don't think any of us were expecting, but it's, this, is, this is quite phenomenal. We should start off, let's just start off though at the very beginning. Tom McLaughlin, can you go over once again 
how you got this gig to write and direct Jason Lives? I think I've uh, told the story so many times I've yeah. forgotten it. Close your eyes. better this time. Quick, quickly, the Cliff Notes. For those of you who remember Cliff Notes in school. Yeah. Um, yeah, I had done a film called One Dark Night, you know, very low budget, uh, kind of gothic horror movie. Uh, Frank Mancuso Jr. saw it. Uh, they had made part five and realized very quickly the fans were very pissed off that it wasn't actually Jason. So they asked me to do it. I said, well, I haven't seen all the films. And they go, no problem. We can get you screenings of that. And I said, can I put humor in it? Because I want these characters to be likable. Because usually in these things, you hate them and then you're happy when they die. And he goes, yeah. And I said, and I just kind of want to have a sense of humor about it. He said, you're not going to make fun of Jason. I go, no, no. Still going to make a horror movie, but I just want to have likable, you know, characters, which I was incredibly blessed to have this group right here, because that's what I, and I'll say it till the day I die, this is why the movie succeeded, is because these guys were so great that, you know, you were with, with the movie straight through. So, um, yeah, I wrote a treatment in the cemetery uh, next to Paramount, Hollywood Forever, and turned it in and they greenlit it and we, you know, we started the casting process and kind of are off to the races very quickly. Yeah, we talked about that in our interview, Tom, that the likability of this particular cast and characters is key to what makes this movie such a success at the end of the day. I agree. Now, we actually do have one more visitor who's joining this reunion. Um, she's, a, she's a big fan of American Express. I'll put it that way. Let's see who this is here. She's joining right now. Everybody, uh, there she is. Hey, Nancy. Hey, Nancy. With Nancy. all the Oh my God, it's been so long. Hello. What a pleasure. You look great. As well you. Fine, sir. How are you? Wow, um, nice of course. Nice setting. Lizbeth Mott, the, one of the doomed couple who was uh, driving in their car on the way to Camp Crystal Lake before being viciously speared, which we'll be talking about as we go on. Um, Nancy, I know you've got a special little uh, necklace around your around there. Is it, now, you want to talk to us about that? I think that's Jason on there, right? It is. A girlfriend and I, my friend Melissa uh, Bentley, is a brilliant artist, and um, we didn't like just sending si uh, signing pictures. So we created, she created this medallion. It's all hand sculpted, painted, beautifully done, and you can have whoever assign it and it can be shipped to you and people really love it so there you go it's that's there. awesome Boom. well done let's look at the, yeah if you can put pull a little closer to the screen you could get there we go let's take a look at this that's pretty great it really is cool in person that's awesome yeah. cj do you like the mask does it does it seem to fit the mold of jason i think it'll fit one eye there you go <laughs> <laughs> uh, you like nice earrings <laughs> We have the worst light of everybody. What the fuck? No, point? we don't. We have good light. No, I, you, two, you two look terrific. We you have the pottiest mouths, though. What's that thing right. on that sheet, though? There's something on <laughs> Yeah, it's a sheet. We'll, we'll put some green screen material later on behind you. It'll, it'll, look, it'll look great, I promise. Um, Tommy, we, we also talked in our, in our interview a little bit about um, if you could you know, do something else with the franchise moving forward. And what, what ideas would you have for the franchise, and do you think that you would ever incorporate, not to put you on the spot with Mr. Matthews here, would you, do you think you would reincorporate Tommy Jarvis into the series? <laughs> <laughs> As that cameo goes by. Um, well, as some people know that, you know, when they asked me to do a, a sequel, um, 
they, they said, well, what do you think about doing Jason and Freddie? And I said, that would be great, except, you know, Freddie's with New Line. And they said, well, they're going to try. And it didn't work out. So they came back and said, do you have any other ideas? And I said, well, Paramount has uh, Cheech and Chong. So how about Cheech and Chong meet Jason? And we <laughs> laughed. And I said, well, you know, come on. I mean, the same, you know, these people all smoke the same weed. Why not? You know, they'd be laughing and scared. And he goes, no, I, I love it. But no, 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 no. So, um, yeah, that, that ended. And then it kind of took, I don't know how many years it's been, 33, before I finally started coming up with other ideas and things for it. So, um, yeah, trying, trying to come up with something that, that's different. And as far as Mr. Matthews is concerned, he's been, you know, part of the, uh, you know, Never Hike series with uh, yeah. Vincent, as now is Vinny which is great because they, they're picking up those characters and running with them and it's yeah. wonderful. I was gonna ask you how that feels because I know you had a lot of influences growing up, Frank Capra and the like. What is it like now, 30 something years later, knowing that this new generation of filmmakers are now looking up to you and taking the characters that you created or even helped mold in the case of Tom Matthews, uh, Tommy Jarvis, how does that feel as a filmmaker? Incredibly bizarre. Uh, it, it's like, the only thing I can, you know, compare it to is, you know, the, the Frankenstein, Dracula, Wolfman series that Universal's did for years, yeah. and those have become iconic. Never thought that, that Jason and Freddie and Pinhead and Michael Myers and Chucky and all that were going to become, you know, the monsters of every generation since the 80s. And, you know, just to be in that club is, is amazing. And I mean, and these fan films, I mean, I really think that this period is going to be looked at as a very unique one in cinema, in, in the history of cinema, because who else has actually said, you know what, you're not going to make one, we're going to make one, and the fans are going to pay for it, and the fans are going to put other fans in it, and, you know, there's been so many great ones, and, you know, the, the, the Vengeance one wanted to take the idea that I had about Jason's father, and, you know, mm -hmm. that he had permission to do that. I said, sure, go for it. You know, I saw people do a radio played or script read through our whole script, you know, everybody playing, you know, parts. And if they blew a line, they had to have a glass of wine or booze, whatever they have, whatever booze they like. And I thought, God, you know, that's amazing. And then there was a English one where everybody, all, all these, all you guys were talking, except you had English accents. And <laughs> it was just yeah, they amazing. English, they yeah. British dubbing of Jason Lives? No, there were a bunch of Brits over there that loved the movie, and they just did the scenes. But they, you know, <laughs> oh, all right, all right. <laughs> so that's, that's fantastic. Just, you know, it's just that it has this it's you know life of its own, and I would never ever think you know that would happen with something like this. Yeah, yeah. I mean, speaking of the fan films, uh, this is for Tom Matthews, one of our many Toms, uh, mm -hmm. and it's reunion. By the way, we got to keep it all clear. It's gonna be incredible. Um, do you have a clause that prevents people from killing you off in fan films? Do you think um... fan films? Uh, well, I've only done one. Well, I've done two technically mm -hmm. to date. Um, a clause? No, no clause. But I just, you know, I think uh, Tommy Jarvis is a survivor, so just don't want to kill him off too soon. Yeah, it's funny you say that, Tommy, because everything I've been in, I've been killed. Me, like killed off. Listen, everything. I've died a lot in a lot of my movies, and I. Had some great deaths, knives in the head, uh, turn it into a zombie and going after my girlfriend's brain and Return of the Living Dead part two, um, you know, uh, 
that's, you know, a machine once I had a, a gun in my head where it opened up a nemesis and was killing people. It's just like some wild deaths. So I've died, I've died plenty. <laughs> You've died plenty and come back plenty, which is also a rarity <laughs> yes. thing, which is pretty incredible. I'm um, actually, I, I, we have to point this out or uh, our, our, our co-host Mike Rothman is not here. He, um, he loves the jacket you wear in Jason Lives and uh, no, no free plugs, but he did get this jacket somewhere. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah, they're pretty. Uh, I mean, you can still uh, get them. Yeah. How does that look? Does that look pretty accurate? Yeah, it does. Just a Levi with the yeah. fake lamb wool insert. The wool is key, right? It's the wool yeah. that makes the whole thing work, right? How crazy is he that he went and got that jacket? <laughs> <laughs> He's over here right now Fucking tracking up his back. fans are nuts. <laughs> this is hey. Dude, you should see some of the tattoos that people have are just... Tom, Tom Fridley. Tell them about your jeans. Those jeans that are all tore up that people have oh, seen. Here we go. So, oh, here you go. This is an interesting story. The last, um, Aaron, what was the name of that thing that we did, Tommy? That thing down in, in um, Texas. Remember the name of that? Wow. It was an event that, that Tommy McLaughlin and I were at. So yeah. anyway, we're sitting there. You know, usually everybody has their posters. CJ, you know, like we all have, like everybody, Tommy, we all have those big posters behind us that say who you are. Well, I didn't mind didn't come. My agent didn't bring it or whatever. He was supposed to handle that and it didn't happen. So what I did is I took a pair, but I, cause I wear most, I mean, the majority of the films I did, I have ripped up Levi's cause they're all doing the eighties. So I took a pair of ripped up Levi's I had and I hung them above me like this. I just like, uh, maybe, I don't know. Then it'd just be like me. So this, I don't know, probably 15 minutes in, this girl comes walking straight up and I could see her cutting through the crowd and she walks right up. She goes, I want to buy those jeans right now. She goes, are they for sale? And I said, well, I kind of have a promise to the guy that, that runs this the show. So I told him he could have them. She goes, I'll give you $2,000 for them right now. And I said, oh. <laughs> Tommy, you're right there. This girl, loving soul of her, she might be watching this anyway. She, yeah, she gave me two grand for these, for the jeans. Her husband, she sent him, he came back with a big wad of 20s because it was like on a Sunday. So he had to hit the ATM. I don't know how he did this, but a big wad of 20s. And, uh, and it just, and, and Tommy was sitting to the right of me. It was just one of those things that was a shock. So probably, I mean, that's, there's a record there. Yeah. I, I don't think Dorothy's, uh, Dorothy's shoes from the Wizard of Oz went for, you know, 2000 bucks. I know that was pretty remarkable. Tommy, let me ask you a question. I have, I have a theory. Just check this out. If you're doing like the way with, with, um, with, with Tommy do, doing this new, um, doing this new Friday 13 or whatever you're playing your character of. Let me ask this. If people were to send, if all the characters that died in the Friday the 13th were to send you a video of their idea how they really survived it, like it should come up with some sort of way that they could cockamamie way that they actually survived it and pull it off. If you get, like the winner of that then gets to be on something that you're doing and comes to come back to life. What do you think about that? Well, I, I think people have been stabbed in the head many times and, and survived. So I think it's pretty- I got a theory on that. But anyway, so I'm just saying, but there's, there's just, I'm just thinking that like, you know, that would be fun for the, you know, the actors themselves, they got to come up with something where it's like some way that they have to come up with some sort of short idea that, that like, this is how they survived this. And then all of a sudden it's like they pull it off. And if you believe it, then you're like, God damn it, we're going to put them in. There you go. We'll stick yeah. in the show like they come back. It wasn't like his head got chopped off. I mean, there's no coming back yeah. from that unless you're a Halloween movie, I guess. So that's, that's, no, that's what we're looking at. That's a good point. That is a good point. Um, I guess I don't have any way of coming back. They chopped me up into little pieces. You couldn't sew me together. Pieces. Yeah, there you go. And they then really I become like a, a zombie or a monster. Yeah, with there you go. <laughs> well, look at, I mean, if that lightning starts things back up, you know, you probably got some of Jason's blood on you, maybe, who knows? <laughs> I don't know. Reanimator. Everything goes. Anything goes. That's a good point. Whitney, I want to go back to you, though, because you did mention the fact that you did get brutally chopped up. 
um, just absolutely destroyed. We see uh, the bloody glasses, of course. We know that there's no way you could have possibly survived limbs all over the place. You did right. most of your scenes completely alone. Was that a, is that a, is that a lot of pressure on an actor to know that literally this entire scene depends on your performance? <laughs> I, I, luckily, I didn't think that way or I would probably been too scared <laughs> like, to do it. You can't do it. Uh, no, just Tommy gave me some, you know, just a couple of directions of which way to go. And uh, I just imagined myself in that situation. You know, a little story about the, who I was in the, in the office. And this was my chance to, to show that I was a man or that I could, could be taken <laughs> seriously. And so I was playing the game for real, which, of course, what made it funnier is how intense I was going to win this football game. So, and, and then having the, the physicality of the fall and all that stuff. No, I just was very comfortable and enjoyed doing that very, very much. It was so much fun. It was brilliant. Ask me about that all the time, Whitney. You, yeah. are, yes. you were hilarious, too. I loved the whole, this year were great. Yeah, so, it's hard to believe that you get killed in the way you do because <laughs> you're such a likable well, character. The, the, All of a sudden, it says, "Oh, he's just destroyed." You know, the, the, Tommy pointed out something—a uh, trivia question of this. I'm the only character, at least I was then, and I think it's still true that in these these movies that gets killed off screen. You don't see me get killed. Oh, you're right. Definitely oh, one you, get, you they have the scene that was called Pieces of Roy, where you have my arm, <laughs> the glasses, but you never see me get killed. That's true. Which is, is better because all of you didn't remember that. You're like thinking you saw it because right. in your mind you're imagining. It was a brilliant way to do that. Did you see me die? What? That's Going true. In, true too. Well, I guess that I'm not the only one. I'm the only guy in me. <laughs> you're nothing anymore. <laughs> what do you mean, Nance? We saw you get the thing right in the throat. No, what are you talking never. about? I was under the water. Let's, let's talk about that because obviously many people get killed off on the Friday 13th films, but you almost sick. literally got killed, right? Didn't you almost get a spike through the head? Or drown? Yes. But you froze to death. The drowning was the scariest one because they literally viced my head in a mud puddle and literally called lunch. Well, no, before they called lunch. <laughs> Two times they had those gauges or whatever scuba divers use to get water. But yeah. they didn't under the mud. And the mud was seeping down my throat. And I tried to hold my breath as long as I could and try to be a polite wife and actress and do as long as I could, but I was going to die. So I had to raise my hand, which annoyed the producer. And they used a second gauge and the second gauge did it again but they literally viced my head in a mud puddle. I'd like to ask Mr. McLaughlin about that now. <laughs> <laughs> it was all by the board. Uh, everything was fine, right? Everything was by the books. Movie magic. The redheads were harmed in the making of this movie. <laughs> we were there, it was there, and I heard them call lunch. Well, they called lunch because it was a silent bit, and so I could hear them call lunch for the other people, but I literally thought they forgot about me. And I thought, I'm going to die. I'm going to die in the vice under, under a mud puddle. <laughs> it was, I, I didn't know I was 
Now, what, what, what a lot of people don't know, and I'm going to reveal for the first time, I took like a fuck of a lot of insurance out on her. So I, I was the guy who called lunch. I was trying to get, you know, because that you know, it would have paid for another time. But, you know, she survived. What can I say? Oh, God, Tommy. Well, Nancy, didn't you have a close call when uh, uh, Jason threw the spear into the windshield also? Fine, sir. Thank you for remembering. It yeah. was a spear, and they did forgot to get tempered glass. So the glass. So they didn't forget. Just because he really was so protective and kind and loving. Thank you, CJ. I love you. I speak of you very well all the time. But it, it missed me by about this much. And I don't know, Tom, Mr. McLaughlin. Would you like to talk further on how you allowed your wife to get killed? twice he missed one. he missed i'm still making <laughs> to him insurance yeah, worked big... out you know <laughs> you again um, survived what can i say uh, um, <laughs> unbelievable <laughs> CJ, <laughs> cj cj your your way into this movie is very interesting and i feel like it's been told a million times but let's we, let's get the story straight there was a different jason originally in the film but it didn't work out obviously and you were doing uh, kind of, you were a part of a, a magic show or something, and you were playing the role of Jason, and, and, and somebody found you, correct? And somebody discovered you that way? Yeah, we probably should get that straight, because I don't know about a yeah. magic show. Yeah. I never worked with, <laughs> I never worked with Whitney, okay? Chippendales or Chippendales something? What was going on? That was before the movie. Um, was a horse involved or something? There we go again. See, I was actually a magic horse show. I was running a nightclub in Glendale, California. The hypnotist had a show, Real Effects, did all the special effects on part four with Ted White. They were doing the production. So they said, let's put somebody in a hockey mask. We've got the wardrobe from Ted White. I'm relatively tall and similar. So I was a good suspect. And But when it came through the screen, they just kept looking at me going, that's a perfect size. And then as you indicated, I didn't get the part first because I was not a stuntman, um, let alone an actor. And it went to a good stuntman. And, and, you know, unfortunately, you know, he didn't come across in the, in the dailies what they were looking for. So they backed up and grabbed me on a Friday. And I think Tom had me down there by Monday or Tuesday. And like I said, I didn't work with Mr. Whitney. Um, I held his arm. There's a scene where I pick his arm up off the ground hold the machete, but other than that, I didn't even get a chance to work with him because the paintball scene is the other gentleman that's went on to have a very good career uh, with a producer or directing and stunts. <laughs> uh, I didn't get a chance to work with uh, Whitney at all on that. So, but kudos to everybody because they, they took me seriously when I came on screen and uh, I worked with each one of these actors and actresses and they're the professionals. They allowed me to step into their life, their world and, uh, embraced me so i was fortunate to be successful so you got your sad card on friday the 13th part six yes uh, they tap heart yeah. me and i didn't That's know what that meant tony goldwyn you know who did the scene with nancy yeah it was his first you know sag movie too oh, so. i didn't know that You're yeah. kidding. wow uh cj do you have any memorabilia from the movie did you keep any mask replicas or anything like that from the set? It's all right here, man. Yeah, it's keep sounds like a felony, but um, I, I, the, very last, 
Yeah, I, I'm going to be careful on that one because Tom's listening. The very last scene that we shot back in California for me was a green screen, the James Bond opening. Mm. Uh, so Chris had uh, had to make a mask because by that time they'd all disappeared. So at the end of that, um, it just, I don't know how it got in my bag, but it's still on the wall in my office. <laughs> <laughs> be shoot. Yeah. So you, I'm going to let it go at that. It just appeared there. It was, nothing was in taken. That's right. In my bag. So I still have that one. Um, this is for Tom Matthews. Um, at what, at what point did you realize that your take on Tommy Jarvis had kind of taken on a life and, and, and a, and a fan base that really started to grow? Was it shortly after the movie or was it as the years went on? Oh, no. Well, after, see, I wasn't a horror fan at the time, although I had done regional living debt, so I was slowly getting into the horror genre, I guess, but I had no idea. Um, a lot of people like, uh, part six, not just, you know, I mean, they like my, uh, what I do with Tommy Jarvis, but the whole movie, I mean, it's just, I looked at, let's just put it this way. I looked at part five after I got part six, I was cast in part six and I was terrified. <laughs> terrified, terrified. Because why? it had, didn't, it looked like, well, any girl in a t-shirt was turned into what t-shirt contest number one. And the, 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 the look of the film, it's just like they had two lights in the whole, film and it was just like they were just blasting the light there was no shadows or no in the story you know I, I was I was I was scared because I didn't I didn't know what I was getting into but uh you know I reread the script and um and talked to Tommy about his ideas and stuff like that so yeah I think the, the great thing about this movie is right off the bat I mean Tommy you've got like the moonlight the fog on the lake it looks it looks a million it's times a, the, the opening sequence is one of my favorite sequences of the whole movie just yeah I mean, before before the credits even start to roll, it just kicks ass. It's yeah. a great. It's, it's, it's what, was the, what was the budget on that? Was it a million dollars? Was it a million uh, bucks your budget? The budget for that? Yeah. For Friday, it was like three million, and we came in under budget so much so that you know when we had the first screening, Frank came to me and said, "We want three more kills." Which is where we got to get Cindy in there. That um, is great transition. Oh, wow, I did not know that. So, I mean, that, that it's kind of worked out for us. But one, the other thing I want to say too, because you know, part five, you know, really was the thing that so many people were upset about. Uh, but the interesting thing is, you know, the director of that, Danny Steinman, came out of porn. So what? it looked know, like a, this. I didn't want to say that, but it looked like a porn to me. So yeah, yeah. that's why that's why I was scared. And I come along, my you know, out of Frank Capra, you know, yeah. <laughs> comedy, slapstick <laughs> comedy, and so you know that kind of was the way it went. And then I get a lot of heat over the fact that we had no nudity. And there again, I sort of did the old respectful thing, as I said to Darcy before the scene: "Are you comfortable with your top off?" I kind of not. Okay, let's do it without. We'll, we'll see Tom Fridley's tits. Um, <laughs> I do want to talk about Cynthia's role because, like you said, she was one of the additional deaths that were shot. So. What's the turnaround process like in terms of deciding you're going to do reshoots? How long is it before you cast somebody and how long is it before you shoot? And how much did it cost to kill her? Yeah. <laughs> we, we, still, we, we still came in under budget. No, we, were, we, were, we were finishing doing the sound and we had a guy named Roger Rose, uh, who was, you know, I just thought was really funny and, and a great guy. Um, so since I was around him, I thought, okay, let's cast him. And of course, I've known Cindy, and I've known her work, and I go, oh, great, let's bring her in. And then, of course, the old caretaker 
um, he wasn't, you know, killed originally in my script because he was supposed to meet up with uh, Jason, I'm sorry, with uh, Jason's father at the end of the movie. So said, okay, well, let's use him because he's a great character. So we kind of, you know, put that whole thing together probably in about a week, I guess. Right. Wow. How, Cindy, how was the process for you coming in late to a movie like that and uh, kind of get, get into it right away? Well, uh, it was very exciting to do. And I knew Tom, so I think that, that Tommy, so I think that that helped a lot. But it, it um, you know, it's like any other job you get where you know it's just, uh, you know, a day thing. It's always a little, you don't know everybody at first. And so it, I don't think it was much different than doing any other day player part, except that it was in the middle of the night. It was a night shoot and I, um, and um, we were gonna be getting killed. So that was the fun part. <laughs> so, you know, wearing the blood, I didn't know how I was gonna do it, but I had a blood uh, capsule in my mouth. Yeah. And so when we were, and you don't see the, the interesting thing about our death, me and Roger's death, is that you don't really see the spear go into our bodies. You see Jason with the spear. You see us ju jump on the motorcycle. You see Jason stab. Right. He makes a and gesture. And then you see us go. And Tommy was really great about you know directing us to sort of go like, you know, kind of <laughs> jump up like we were shish kebab together, and then spit out the thing. You're having too much fun, man. Was Annette and Stephen. That's fun too. I think it yeah. all together for joy our friends <laughs> yeah oh, no she, she wanted to do a great job for the director yes. that's, okay. that's that's the important thing you want to please the director of course i don't know why i keep looking at your little picture over there tom and going like you could see me but... <laughs> i know these things I are like a great you know. i have a question for you Did, was this right or not because remember, I remember when, when CJ had to pull the knife out of my head and it was, it was really violent because it was completely collapsed. So it looked like we could shove it right in your head. Didn't you say something about it would have to be an R rating if it was some of the stuff was made so violent and you had to you'd get right to the moment and pull it up and show like, you know, the end phenomena, somebody being dead. Wasn't there something like that it was too violent? Yeah, well, we got nine different screenings with the- Or an X rating or something. Rating. Wow. Nine? Yeah. Holy crap. And you know, they gave us an X. An X, X. Right, that's X. what it was, an X rating, right, okay. I would love to see that version. Well, yeah, well there's, it's in, it's like people's of Roy, it's out there someplace, you know. Wow. Where all those little pieces are. Then he could get hey, it. Tom McLaughlin, didn't the, your original triple decapitation, wasn't that a little gorier, gorier and they cut back on it? It wasn't gory. It was just amazing because those effects guys worked this thing out. So every head was kind of on like a tripwire. So, yeah. you know, CJ could go like that, whip across, and you saw each head go boop, you know, come right off and hit the ground. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they made us cut that out too because that they thought was too intense. But I didn't even have the blood. Godfather, my God, that was pretty gory stuff for the Godfather, my gosh. Yeah, I know. Uh, they, they, they all, after, at some point, they started holding. Friday the thirteenth as the 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 they they came down on hard on Friday the thirteenth because they felt like they got so much away with it and stuff. Especially those first couple, yeah, or the first, yeah. first one especially. Pretty brutal. Nowadays there, the cartoons are more explored, more are a lot more violent than that. There's a lot there's a lot yeah, there's a lot but they were really hard on Friday the thirteenth because they were felt like they had gotten away with a lot. Um one of my favorite reviews, and actually we got some really great reviews because 
you know, people, the reviewers would say, well, you know, you, you really can't hate a movie that's kind of making fun of itself and its audience, you know, as we were making it. But the best review to me was uh, Siskel and Ebert. You know, they sat there and they go, okay, Friday the 13th, we have another one of these things. And it's more senseless killing. It's, you know, nudity. And I'm going, what? And he's going on and on. And then they go, we didn't even watch it. We just know it's going to be the same old thing. Let's well, go on to the next thing. And I mean, wow. There you go. I think Cisco and Eber wow. were giving out um, Betsy non-review address or something like that from the first one. So they hated it that much. It was yeah, they really yeah, times from the critics uh, that some of that, some of those actions didn't age well. Um, I do have one question. I, I have to ask Tom Knoll. Um, yeah, I, I have to ask you: Did you become what you wanted to be when you grew up? Right. <laughs> no, we lost him. Yeah, no, we, we, we'll see if he comes back. He comes back. We'll see if uh, we can hear him. Let's see. Uh, let me quickly say, you know, Tommy and, and you know, his, his brother, Justin, they really had a huge impact also in the success of this movie is to have kids, which, you know, that had never been done before, but to have the kids have this sort of little, little rascals banter because I love the little rascals and I wanted to have that kind of smart ass and they pulled it off and I oh, yeah. look so different, but they're, you know, brothers and, you know, they, they any time you know, people talk about the movie, they bring up those quotes that the, that the kids said, uh, which again, I don't think it would have meant anything if he didn't have, you know, really good actors doing it. I would agree. I mean, it's the first time you've actually have children in the Friday 13th movies as well. Right. And, you know, you really care about them and they do a great job. Let's see if uh, audio test again. Now, well, can you hear us at least? Okay, that's good. We'll do some sign language later on. Because <laughs> I was trying to lean to say that you've had a, a, a very interesting career behind the scenes. You've worked on a lot of movies behind the scenes over the last 30 years. See, I'm not lying. He's nodding. He's agreeing with that. So, uh, <laughs> long story short, he did grow up to become uh, what he wanted to be. So congratulations once again on that. So we'll hopefully get some more audio going on later on with you on that. But um, I think, uh, I also think that his presence in the movie and all of those other kids is partly why the reach for this movie is so broad because I'm only doing a little math in my head now, but you got to be close to 40, right? Or 40 something. There's a lot of 40 year olds out there who love this movie. They say, this is the one I grew up with. So I think having them, him in the movie uh, helped that a lot. I would agree, him and his brother, especially. Many times when we're doing our autograph stuff, you got to, these people pull up and it's, they have their kids. These kids weren't even born when this movie was, was made. And it's no. their favorite movie. And it's like, somehow it's nice, even for people that have parents that are a little bit more um, conservative. This movie's funny. It's not violent in any form compared to what goes on today. And Tommy did it with, it's, you know, it's tastefully tongue in cheek, silly, fun. It's like, you never, you know what I mean? And it's never like, you never feel that, oh my God, it's just, it's never that up to child's, you know, childhood to that degree. So they're like, okay, a lot more parents are okay with the watching. The video this. game too has created this whole new generation of kids who haven't seen the movie yet, and they will when they get to be 12 or 13, but they can play the video game at eight or nine or 10. <laughs> so it's, they, they literally do. I mean, it's created- did, come, did they ever come to any sort of thing, Tom, on the, on the video game? Did you guys ever get to any sort of like, and phenomenon with that, the whole, oh, that whole like lost duty thing going on with the video game? They stopped, oh. they, yeah, they stopped um, generating new content. So oh, what it is, what it is, it is now. 
Wait, yeah, the lawsuit is still going on. It's a big machine for gun media to get that thing rolling. So they just stopped and they, they won't gear it back up. So we'll, what we have is, is what we have. People are still clamoring for it. The interest is definitely still there. Yes. So once it's rights are settled out, it's going to be. Yeah. Paramount, I, Paramount paid no attention to it in the beginning, figuring that, you know, yeah. what's the big deal? But yeah, as soon right. as it started to become as huge as it did, it's like, excuse me, we want a part of that. And then, of course, the lawsuit yeah. you know, stopped everything. So. That brought it all back, of course. Laughlin, did you ever send Tom Matthews that that's things that you sent me, those the cool from Brit, from England, those cartoons? I guess we were in some sort of cartoon. Oh, wow. I don't even oh, you never saw that, Tommy? You sent me those things. They're great clips. Oh, Tom Matthews, you did these. They're posters, but they're all of us in different scenes, and they're, like, totally done animated, yeah. like, really well. Oh, yeah, tell them yeah. Them yeah. Them thing. It's really neat. Is it from Wayne Savage? No. No, somebody else that did, that did a whole, all the Fridays, but they just put the cast all in the foreground, kind of made it like, you know, classic, you know, old movies. And, you know. Because you sent me ones of, like, seen right with a knife coming into my head, and there's ones with us that looks like the, would be, like, the main, like, as if it was a promoting a movie. It had everybody in the cast. But, Tom Matthews, you would dig this. These are really well done. And I'll send, when we get up here, I'll send you the ones. I can send them from my phone to you if you want to see. Is that okay, Tommy, or am I did? Oh, yeah, was no, up, no, like, no, of course. Of course, yeah. Hopefully it was neat. <laughs> nothing top secret, I'm sure. Nothing top secret going on there. Why well, didn't I don't know? Because it was just, since Tommy didn't know better, I didn't know if I was. I just wanted. This was a year or two ago. Your podcast from August 12th of Friday the 13th of Jason Lives and the well, um, all the people you had on your dais speaking of Jason Lives, whether it's Friday the 13th Part Six or Jason Lives, I just really appreciated, respected. I thought you guys were brilliant. Just oh, want to say thanks, thanks so much. Yeah, we this is one of our favorite movies. I do have a question for for, for Cindy and, and, and Vincent. Um, how long have the two of you known each other? Because I didn't I wasn't aware of this at all. But how long have the two yeah. of you known each other? So we we met right before the movie started. And it, for me, I, as her new boyfriend, what? Why do you keep poking me? <laughs> I'm not poking you. I think she's afraid I'm going to say bleeding. fucking something wrong or something. No. Um, no. Uh, we had met before the movie. And uh, for me to have my new girlfriend and say to her, oh, I got this great part in a horror movie. It was a very exciting thing for us to share. And we were already planning our wedding. And when we wrapped in Georgia, I think it was May. I don't know. We, uh, Cindy and I, went to Chicago and got married in at the end of May. And then the I did my scene in, in Griffith Park. Yeah. Like in after the wedding. Like so we've been together July for a long time, Justin. That's the, that's the deal. Thirty-four years, I would say. This the thirty-four. We met in nineteen eighty. It's forty years. So. Wow. LA reception. Yeah. That's right. Uh, it all comes full circle here. It's actually just one big, this is actually just a celebration of, uh, of your anniversary, actually. We're just trying to okay. get Thank Jason you. live. So, congratulations. I was trying to get the long way Thank around. You. <laughs> we do have a couple of questions I want to get to from our, our Patreon page. And this first one is, is for Tom, uh, Tom and Vincent. Uh, this is from something you might be familiar with. It's Womp Stomp Media, Vincenti DeSanti. Maybe you're familiar yeah. with the person. He has a question for the both of you. Um, are you ready for the release of Never Hike in the Snow? 
I guess that was a subtle plug that you wanted. Yeah, I guess that's, that's a, a subtle plug, not so <laughs> subtle plug. Yeah, we're ready for it. I really can't wait to see it. I had a good time doing it. Yeah, it we're going to have him on as well to once it gets closer to the release date for that. We're looking forward Absolutely. to that. And um, yeah, he's great. He's I mean, he's really like picked up the ball and run with it, and and the, the things he's done look so good. Yeah, and the yeah. Fact that he's got these guys. You know, a part of it. I, I just he's, love it. He, he, he's the biggest fan of, of anybody I know. He just like, he just is so into it. He's a, an encyclopedia of the franchise and the characters. And yeah. Just crazy. Just very enthusiastic. And you, you kind of, I mean. I think a, that's the difference between having, you know, a, a, somebody who grew up with the franchise, a genuine fan, uh, and having them do the movie as opposed to somebody who has no relationship with the movie. Like Tommy, like you mentioned earlier, just bottom line, they just see Friday Thirteenth and they want to make a Jason movie, regardless. You know, yeah. I think it's a great thing. But how that came about, Justin, is Tom Matthews was in um, Never Hike Alone. Yep, great cameo. Uh, and and you know, Vincent DeSanti gave him like a cameo at the end, but it was a tickler for all of the fucking fans who said, "Wait a minute, Tommy Jarvis is back. What's going on?" And he, this Tom, Tom Matthews, called me and he said, you know, I've been talking to this kid. He's got some good ideas. He might want to put Rick back in. And I said, I'm open. I mean, you know, here we are. So that's how that, that connection came about. Well, the um, next movie might just feature Whitney, Nancy, and Tom back from the dead. I mean, let's, yeah, let's do yeah, it. Yeah, there you go. Let's bring it all back. Let's do it. Tom Matthews, do you need my phone number? Is that the problem? <laughs> It's right. We don't see your head with the spike. It's just we know it went in the water somewhere. It's possible. <laughs> we don't know for sure. We may never but know. The other thing I wanted to say to you, Justin, since you didn't ask me any questions about what it was like to be in the fucking movie, <laughs> I'm going to tell you. I never worked with Whitney. I didn't work with Thomas Noel. I did not work with Nancy McLaughlin. I never saw Jason. I mean, I saw him on the set, but I never had... I never worked with him. All of my scenes were with Tommy Jarvis and Kagan. That's oh, right. and, and Jessica Cook. Jennifer, Jennifer Cook, Jennifer right? Yeah. That's right. Yeah. You know, it's funny, Vincent, my next question was literally gonna be, what was it like working with the cast of Jason Lives? And I you <laughs> jumped on my question, but you know, this, this is, there's nothing we can do about it. What can I say? I'm sorry, no, you know what though? We had a good time. I mean, Tom yeah. has this way of spreading like a, communal spirit that we were all fucking rabid like him you know he he was rabid McLaughlin. tom mclaughlin and then we all caught the fever to make we want to do this the best we can and uh we all were kind of by example asked to to take it as seriously as he was and he it was a big movie for him so we all wanted to do well and he was great in handling us i think I, I would agree as a as a viewer. It's everybody did a great job. It's why we're still talking about it today. So another question we do have from a Patreon subscriber, John Klimsack. This is for CJ. He says, aside from yourself, who would you consider to be your favorite Jason? Did you look at any previous performances before you started the role? Fuck them. <laughs> are there other are there people? Probably really what you mean. CJ. I mean, just yeah, I didn't realize there were any other Jason. <laughs> no one before. Right. Uh, that's no, why I, I so carefully constructed the side. Created McLaughlin. 
Isn't part six the whole thing? It's over? Yeah. <laughs> to some it is. To some You're the only one. It is. To some it is, to some it's the halfway mark. <laughs> my name my name is PJ Graham and I approve this message. <laughs> you okay, that's that's the answer. We have to go with it. Forget the aside. It, it is it is CJ Graham. Uh, this is for Tom Matthews. Uh, Brian Burnett asks, uh, he says, Jason lives in Return of the Living Dead feel tonally similar. And um, were, the, were, the, were the filming experiences similar? Or were, what was that like, going from Return of the Living Dead to Jason Lives? Um, they weren't similar at all, hmm. first of all. <laughs> the arc of the character for uh, Freddy in Return of the Living Dead was completely different. I, I felt for me at the time, um, playing Tommy Jarvis was probably the closest I played to myself without having to do a lot of character stuff. So um, uh, I was, I was uh, you know, it was, it was great writing, so it was easy, easy to play. And, and uh, as opposed to uh, Freddie and, and Return of the Living Dead, the arc was a wonderful arc for an actor innocent kid dying turned into a zombie full-blown zombie at the end so that was a, a lot of fun for an actor to play um but uh yeah it was completely different different roles different characters yeah Tommy, how old were you, how old were you when you did your first how old were you in your first shot or your first you know, project return, return my first movie was um the lady in red i did a walk i did a little bit with uh, Joe Bologna in it. And Gene Wilder was the, uh, the director. Oh, wow. And the audition was simply a handshake. Nice. A guy nailed that handshake. How old were you? I was, uh, I, well, I, did, I was 24 when I did Return of the Living Dead, so I was probably 23. And then 25, 25 when I was, uh, did uh, Friday the 13th, part six. Gotcha. Yeah, Lady Red, that's what Kelly LeBrock, right? Kelly LeBrock is in there. Um, Kelly LeBrock is in. Yeah. What's a handshake? Beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> Remember the days of handshake. I don't know what a handshake. <laughs> it was an elbow tap, I think it was. That's oh, there. Okay, that I got. Yeah. You understand that the greeting? It's like, like our whole thing, wasn't it? Handshakes and hugs and all that. And embracing, embracing one another. Remember those yeah. days? Um, this is for this is for Tom Fridley. Not, not just now, but you've, you've always come across, and even the videos I've seen, is a very, believe it or not, high energy, uh, very gregarious person. Stop laughing, Tom. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. Um, did you, because obviously that really mirrors what, what Court is like in this movie, too, especially with the kids. Did you bring that to the character, or was that kind of how the character was written uh, on the page? Court was the difference between, I mean, really truthfully, the difference between Court and I as a person was that. He wasn't, I was a human being was sharper than him. He's a little bit, he was a little bit kind of slow. He was just a little bit kind of like a little bit more, if you took a little bit of, um, oh gosh, uh, like um, almost like not Spicoli, but just he had just kind of that like everything he was kind of in awe stuff. He was just a second slow, but then he'd be kind of quick. He thought he was like, you know, I mean, he was quick witted, but like not, you know, it wasn't going to be, he wasn't going to turn into something really incredible in his life. I don't think he had giant dreams beyond like getting a girlfriend and getting those kids out of the way so he could get laid and eat whatever he wants for dinner. You know, I mean, it wasn't, he wasn't real, real deep fella. <laughs> yeah, um, he, he lived in the moment. Just, you know what I mean? He was just 
Sean, but he was a lot of fun. I mean, he was just, he was a very likable person. Wasn't mean, wouldn't steal things, wouldn't, you know, hurt anybody. I mean, he was like, he didn't deserve to get his head killed in, you know, that damn truck, man. She was a lot more, she was a lot more like, she probably had more skeletons in the closet than I did. That's for sure. That's a fascinating scene. But CJ, I have a question for you. Obviously, you know, you said earlier that you were not a professional stuntman going into this movie. So what was the most difficult scene for you to, 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 to go through in Jason Lives? I don't, the challenge was for me that I didn't understand enough to be scared of anything. Um, the hardest, the longest was myself and Tom Matthews did probably 95% of his own stunts. And then uh, Michael Nomad, when we were in the Olympic sized swimming pool in California, and I, they had me chained down physically to the bottom of the pool shooting the underwater scenes because um, if the safety divers didn't come in to take care of me, you know, Tom had the opportunity to go to the top, to the surface. Um, that was a real change. So I wasn't going too far. The, the, the fire burn didn't bother me because when it got hot, I got to put myself out by going underwater. And then the rest of it was just um, hand and eye coordination. I, I'm very appreciative that Tom Finley trusted me to the start of that scene with a real knife. And Nancy, I mean, when she's underwater, I have to jump down and straddle her head without stepping on her coming down and take a spear and lunge towards her. Same thing with Cindy and stop, you know. Um, so did you see, kudos did you see, to them. Did you see much out of the mask when you were in full gear? Could you see you very much? <laughs> huh? No, the limitations with one, one hole, no peripheral vision. So even underwater, when you and I were fighting, only yeah. thing I could do was I could hear the camera clicking. And that was my indication they were rolling. Mm. And I just, they would pull the regular out of my mouth and push my mask down and I would grab Tom. Yeah. Yeah, we were, we were underwater for 20, 30 minutes at a time shooting our scenes. And the scuba divers were off uh, camera. Whenever we needed oxygen or we would just pound yeah. our chest and they'd come in and give us What was a, the temperature like during the shoot underwater? How was the water? Well, I can tell you this. He a lot because CJ was very, had drank a lot of water, so he was like flushing himself out. And yeah. so I warm. <laughs> But I, I will say there was a point early in the morning where the safety divers that were wearing small wetsuits were complaining to Tom, if I recall correctly, about how cold they were. Yeah. And Tom kept asking me, because I never got out of the water. I just would go surface and have a conversation, look at a small monitor, and they take me back down and chain me up and I go to work. There was a point where they finally said, Tom McLaughlin said, that's it. We got a call. The divers are too cold. And CJ's pretty much not saying anything. But um, I do remember going to the shower and just standing there with full wardrobe for quite a long time warming my body up. CJ, that's evil. They did evil to you. Bless you. I'm so sorry that happened. Evil. I knew. Um, do you recall? It wouldn't have happened. I feel like somebody's always freezing in, in these movies. There's always some horror show with how cold the water was. But actually, TJ, it was a trick question. The answer should have been, well, I nearly killed Nancy twice. <laughs> but, you know, again, you got to I look at kudos to all these people I worked with because, you know, the tempered glass, it was a real Volkswagen windshield. Tom McLaughlin asked me, do you think you can put the spear through that glass? And I just said, I think so. Well, the problem is I hit it so hard that my momentum went from the driver's seat to the passenger seat as I bent through it and right. through the seat. And Nancy, thank goodness, Michael Nomad had taught her, I assume, 
to go all the way down to the baseboard. Don't stop halfway up. Go all the way down to the baseboard because um, we were there. <laughs> we were there, unfortunately. Anything. They just said, sit there. Don't worry. It's not going to hurt you. <laughs> yeah. Famous last but word. Yeah. It was a real spear, a real windshield, and it was just a, a real brute force, um, you know, 240 pounds coming at you. And thank goodness everything worked out. But it's a great scene, the way it explodes, unfortunately. Thank goodness Nancy didn't get hurt from the glass. But the, the glass just exploded from the force of the spear. Nothing else. There's no special effects there. That's yeah. just... We had one. We had one windshield, so he better have did it right. Or <laughs> never be in the like animation, and then it moves on. That's that'd be good. Justin, there were a lot of one scene shots: going through the wall and stepping down, making sure I didn't trip and fall. Going through the door, making sure I didn't slip and fall. As as Tom Matthews was asking, I didn't see too much. I had one eye, so it was really hand and eye coordination and getting that first foot down, and then following through with my footstep. Unbelievable. Yeah my hero you are my hero you are my hero just repeat it excuse me um vincent i have to ask this question over the past 34 years can you ballpark how many people have said to you wherever the red dot goes you bang you know i would have to say a million i swear to god i get i get i'm on facebook you know and all of the horror fans have invaded my personal life. So I get stuff from like my sister. And then I get somebody saying, you were awesome, man. You bang. <laughs> my Facebook feed. And then I get, yeah, you bang, you bang, you bang, you bang, you bang. And then something from my loving sister or something. It's crazy. But I get, I'll get a lot of uh, posts saying you bang. And I get a lot of uh, 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 fan mail where that's what they want me to sign. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. great sign-off. I mean, that's a great yeah, way. The whole to line. And that's and that's Vinny's, you know, creation. You bang. I think the line was just and you, you know, and wherever the red dot goes, you know, I think it just held at that. And he <laughs> said, "What about if I go you bang?" And I go, "I love it." <laughs> so that you know, that was that was his writing, you know, writing and that. But that's what I mean. Tom said, "I love it." Instead of saying, mm, "I don't know," my words, my words, you know. So as a writer and a director, he was real flexible, which made it fun for us. And that's what I think you captured in the movie. You know, I made my career, most of my career, playing tough guys, bad guys, you know, and uh, what happened? Nothing, keep talking. And, uh, and, and Tom had directed me in a play and used me as a comedic character. And so when that play was over, that's how that connection was made. He said, I got a character in the screenplay that if I play him like a straight deputy, it's, I don't know what he said to himself, but all I know is he cast me, which made me say to myself, well, then he wants some of me. What's funny? Wow, that um, wasn't very funny. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, Tom, I have a question for you. I'm happy yeah. to answer it. Uh, Volker, yeah. hopefully. Um, it was so long ago, you know, we were both so young. What can I say? What do you, what, what's the biggest memory you've taken away from Jason Lives, at least shooting the movie? Guys, well, you know, I think it was probably that scene with Court in the woods where he was showing the boys, you know, how the, uh, the Indians would, uh, send messages to each other using rocks. And That's right. I remember like, he's not saying the lines that are in the sky. It blew my mind that he was just like improvising. I, I, 
it was uh, the first time I'd been around somebody just really in it like that. Um, so that was made a big impression on me. It was a fun scene. <laughs> I, I really uh, looked up to, uh, to everything that Tom was doing in that. It's a great, it's a very funny scene. Uh, what were you like to work yeah. with your brother? Was there any sibling rivalry at the time or was it pretty good? Relationship? No, that came later. Uh, no, um, <laughs> no it, was, it was fun. It was a lot of fun to, to, uh, to work with Justin. Uh, and he wishes that he could be here tonight, but he, he does send his regards to everybody, especially Tommy. Um, yeah, uh, no, it was a lot of fun. Well, I'm glad we got you on here audio-wise at the at very- At long end. last. Finally, right? Well, I don't want to make Tommy McLaughlin feel too awkward, but if we want to go around and, uh, you know, pay respects. I mean, he's the one who wrote and directed the movie. If anybody has some nice words to say about Tommy, um, now is your, now's the time. You can also say something really awful if you want to. I mean, we're all here anyway, so uh, feel free to say whatever you want. Um, let's start with Tom Matthews uh, about the movie, about working on Jason Lives. Oh, for me, it was, <coughs> I mean, I was, I was over the moon. I was, I was uh, happy to be working in Hollywood and the script and, you know, I, you know, Tom is the heart and soul of the movie and, and as it should be. And it, I mean, his vision totally comes through and it's, it was a real pleasure working uh, with him to create uh, one of the fan favorites in the franchise for sure. All right. Uh, Whitney, I know you, you'd known Tommy before this and uh, what was it like working on the movie with him? It was awful. He was the worst director I <laughs> I had heard. I had heard. <laughs> no, well, he was the head of the LA Mime Company. And so we're kind of used to, he was in our group, Tom was basically our leader, as it were. So coming and working for him in the movie was very comfortable. And since he knew me and how I worked and I knew how he worked, it, it, it just, it was just a nice blend. It was a very, very pleasant experience. Very talented friend, very talented man, my friend. That's that's right, uh, Nancy. Despite almost being murdered on set twice, um, how was the how was the experience? I would do it again. Yeah. I have to say, it was brilliant. Um, I'm always honored to work. I feel it's kind of my calling. So it was kind of funny because Tommy, as husband director are two different things. He doesn't feel he needs to pat you on the back. <laughs> he feels, <laughs> just get out there, do it. it. But honestly, that's how I worked best, apparently. And um, I'm, honored, <laughs> I'm honored by the scene. I'm honored by his direction. I had more fun on the set than I, as I always do, than I do, uh, no, not more fun than working, but brilliant. I'm just gonna say the man's brilliant. Uh, <laughs> Oh, good. anything else to add to that, Nancy? Or he's brilliant. There you go. <laughs> Great. Uh, you made Tom to Noel. say it again. <laughs> yeah. Just try to get you. Tom Noel. Um, I know you were young. What, what did you take away from working with with Tommy on this? You know, it's funny. Like, I my recollection of it is that, that being one of the campers, you didn't get to see as much of the, the exciting violence, you know, as, as we imagined was, was going on, you know, in all the other scenes with the other actors. But um, I, I think that, that Tom as a director made a, a, a real point of bonding with all the, the campers, with all the kids and, and making them feel included and a part of the movie. And I think that he took great pains to do that. And uh, I, I remember, um, 
being made to feel very, very much a part of, of, of the cast. And uh, for that, I thank him. That's great. Uh, CJ. Yeah, well, for me, you know, I've known Tom now for, you know, 36 years, and I see him on a regular basis, um, as I do everyone in the cast. But for me, it was just a pleasure and honor at the time. Um, I wouldn't be part of this iconic Jason Voorhees hockey mask killer if Tom hadn't taken a shot with an unknown, non-stunt, non-card holder, and thrown me out there. So for me, I have a special bond. I I, I was the chief operating officer, general manager of two casinos in Coachella Valley. And I had Tom and his band come down New Year's a couple of years back and perform. Um, so our relationship has just continued to flourish. I would agree with Nancy, you know, he's brilliant. And I, I, I'm very honored and appreciative that um, he took a chance with me. That's great. Um, let's go to Tom Fridley. Okay, um, first of all, I'd like to say that, um, okay, I'm just going to hit each person. The, the thing that's interesting, and, and, and CJ just made something that brought this back up, out of all the films I've done, I never get to see those cast members again, but because of these conventions, I've got to relate, and now it's like our friends. I mean, I sit with, with Tom Matthews, and he's got such a nice calmness about him, which kind of takes, it's probably something that I need, it helps me calm down, but it's always a pleasure to be around him. He's very calm. CJ is like, is like I don't, he's it's in, a, in a world of his own self. He's, just, he's an absolutely terrific guy. And he's, he's been great. The man, when he just said he worked in Coachella, but he, he ran a couple of casinos at the time. And I remember I went to a convention. We went to a convention. It was a joke. There was like nine people there. And he felt bad afterwards. I said, man, he goes, you know what? Why don't you and your girlfriend come? And he confessed the room and got his dinner and all this stuff and helped us out at, at his, his hotel and put us up in this beautiful suite. And all. That was like the, the second time I'd seen him. Um, but he's a wonderful guy without, you know, you know this. Tom McLaughlin is, um, he's, I, I agree with, with, um, I agree with the with the genius as far as that goes. But you know the thing that he does that's really wise. He he kind of he he directs kind of the way actors direct in a way that he just allows. He let he casts people he wants right. and he lets them do what they do. Do you know what I mean? Doesn't get in the way. He does all the, the technical stuff because there's so much in his eye he wants to see and, and there's in the production value it was so much higher than like what um what Tommy was saying earlier, like part five, it just they don't even they're not even in the same realm. It's this looked like really like a very cool movie, you know, and then there was the humor in it and then the depth. It's a very, it was kind of a, it was a really kind of an entourage of all kinds of just interesting character things and just things going on. Nancy, I want to tell you, you look beautiful. I love the fireplace in the background. I didn't get to work with you really, Nancy, but I was there the night when you got killed. And also your, your kill is the one, the only thing in the movie that makes me sad. When you die, it's like, it's, there's something actually just sad about it. The idea just that still water going off and that credit card floating and just, I was still sad about it. Vinny, I got to meet the last convention I was at, and I hadn't seen him um, before. Maybe there's two. Vinny is a great guy. I want to tell you that it's fun. You feel like family to me because you're Italian. You're just like, you know, it's just like Italian, culture. just like you. Hey, hey, I'm half Italian. I'm half Italian. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she just wanted to know for, from a fan thing. I, that's why I text the go email. I said, is there a fan thing? I thought fans could watch this like live. And she just clicked it on, doesn't know how to use Zoom and all. I'm in the other house, and she's like in there, and she just clicked it on. So that wasn't a planned thing. So I'm sure that she'll talk to me about it a little bit. I'm amazing. <laughs> but that's what I'm just saying. I love this cast. I love um, Darcy. I love my relationship with all of them, and I have a really great time. I get to see you all. I get to see you again pretty soon. Um, for and thank you very much for just uh, uh, inviting me to this, Justin. I really appreciate it. Oh, I'm so happy you could join in. So happy you could join. Nancy, you want to say something? You said sorry. I love you, Tom Fridley. No, thank you so much. I would love to. I I'm the only cast member. I think we don't. Anybody hangs out with, but it's okay. 
Well, that's that's what tonight's all about. They that's don't hang about. out. Everybody's reunited. That's not true. Everybody's reunited. No, and Nancy, I'll be in LA. I'm going to be in LA in a couple of weeks, and I'm there. If you do, I have. Do you have? If you want to just text me your number or whatever on, on the Facebook thing, I'll give you my thing, and I'll come and we'll go have lunch or something. We're bringing everybody together here at this reunion. Cindy, any, uh, any, any kind words for, for Tommy? Yeah, I, I, like I said, I had known Tom because Vinny had worked with him, but I had never worked with him. So I was kind of nervous. I wanted to impress him, you know, that I wasn't just Vinny's you know, girlfriend, <laughs> an actress. And so I was, I was really nervous. But as in any film you do, it starts at the top. And if the, the director is giving and kind and open to what you bring as an actor, you will bring your best. And so I ended up having a great time. So thank you, Tom. You are wonderful. I love your work. That's right. Boy, this feels like that Trump session where we had to go around the table and everybody <laughs> say, say something great. No, that's exactly what we were going for here. Um, you know what, Vincent? What was it like to work with Tommy? <laughs> <laughs> no, I got a couple of things to say. Yeah. One is, is, is that I'm immensely proud to be in this movie. So I'll always be grateful and thankful for the opportunity that he gave me. Now, when I say that, you got to realize I've done like 40 other movies with big shot, big name people like, like Tom Matthews has. And, and there's only three movies I'm really proud of that if somebody said, well, what, what movie of yours would you have me watch? I would say that one, that one, or Friday the 13th Part 6. I have immense pride in this because, of, let's face it, I was in a movie with Woody Allen. Beautiful, big break for me, nice, good role. Nobody has ever come up to me and said, would you sign something from a Woody Allen movie? But the Friday the 13th fans are freaking insane. They go from the age of eight up to my age where people say, oh, I remember that, man. You know, so it's just so much fun to be a part of this, this uh, subculture of the horror movie land. That's Tom's true. been the Tom Matthews has been a part of it for a long time. The heart, the heart, they're so heartfelt, the fans. It just, and I put off doing horror conventions for a long time because I felt like I was, you know, selling myself out, selling short. But I'm so glad I, I started doing them because the heartfelt um, from the fans, and every fan is different. They all have different right. stories, yeah. how it moved them, and how it inspired them to get into makeup or acting or cinematography. It's just, it's just amazing that the stories that come across. Imagine, imagine this, like, what it does for the human being when they sit there at a table yeah. now with their fellow actors who they already like and they already have this in common with them and all. And people are standing in line to walk into them and forget about the money, to give them nothing but to sit there and remember something they did 30 years ago, tell them every line that they said better than you can remember them, and then, and then, and then compliment you and then she's so pleased to meet you. They're the craziest, kindest people of all time, but it's a kind craziness. And they're yeah. so just, they're just, I, I mean, I'm telling you, this is a true story. I had, I had a group of them. This is the first one I ever did was um, Crypticon or one of these ones back East. And I'd never done one. And I was like, I was a new thing, really kind of new to it. So I had this really big line because they had everybody else's, a lot of the people's actors that had already gotten them. Cause I hadn't done every one of these before. I felt, I, I didn't know how to do this right. I said at the end of the night, when a couple of them came up and I did this, this, um, this movie called um, uh, Summer Camp Nightmare, but it was a, but he, this guy had it on VHS. I said, oh my God, I haven't seen that. Today. So we're going to go into my room and we'll watch this. I had like 40 people in my room and I fell asleep with them all. And they're jumping on beds and everything. When I woke up in the morning, I swear to you, I woke up in the morning, beds were all made back up. 
There was beer in my in my ice chest. They were all gone. The room was all clean and they were gone. And they had a big thing they wrote. Somebody wrote lipstick, like, thank you so much for this night, Tommy. And they wrote on lipstick on the thing. And I was asleep in the bed. I mean, that was the way it was. And that was like, most people would say, don't ever do that. But I didn't know. I was just so excited. They were so nice. <laughs> but that's how nice and trustworthy they were. Never anything bad. I've never had a bad experience. Well, that's what, that's, that's what happens at Ingmar Bergman festivals, too. I mean, it just works. <laughs> yeah, right. You've all been exactly. there. Um, yeah. Justin? Yes. Hey, just, I put these fans up just, against any fans in the world for any other reason at all, and they are diehards. I would think that the, far, uh, the horror fans are the best ever uh, because other people don't get that enthusiastic about a movie. How many? They overlap into the How many times people, have you seen this movie? 15, 20, 40? I know. You know. CJ, you want to say something though, CJ? I wanted you to know that um, two things. Number one, I just moved in the last 30 days to Montana. So I'm actually on an iPhone zooming. So I'm not on a computer. And I'm at 10%. So if I go blink, it's not because I died. It's just because my phone died. died. It's, 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 we're, wrapping it up anyway. we're about to wrap. We are about to wrap up. So I think we're, you're going to survive this. You're going to survive but this. I want to make sure that everybody on the cast, I want to make sure, hey, guys, I love you all. I really do appreciate you allowing me to be on the ride with you because, and Tom Finley, I got to ask this, buddy. Can you stand up? Because I want to know if you're wearing pants. Ripped jeans. He to stand up. You know that he's in his shorts. You know, here it is, dude. Look, look. This is my room, right? See this? Look, this is my room. See, these are my chairs. I kick back, and there's my screen. So I sit there, and that's my deal. So I got them laid way back. So that's why it looked like I was laid way back. See, now you see. This is my kickback. This is my studio. My drums. My all my shit. You see how fast he talks? I mean, that's the way he thinks. And it has not He asked me now, Tommy. I too. <laughs> at all. Since um, only CJ the... would say, does Tommy have pants on? <laughs> <laughs> Tommy, you, you have to have the last word. Um, you know, uh, you, you and Tom Matthews especially were responsible for getting so many people here tonight. So uh, the floor is yours, Tommy. I just want to thank all you guys again for those, you know, incredibly kind words. I, as I said at the beginning of this, you know, words on a piece of paper mean nothing if you don't cast the right people and if you don't give them the freedom to bring something, you know, to the role. It, you know, it, to me, that the whole thing about being a director is get people who are far better than you at doing what it is that, you know, you want done and then stand back, you know, when there's times when you go, what, do you, what would you do with it? And having this kind of a cast that are so, you know, intelligent and warm and stuff and like you were saying about, you know, when, when uh, Nancy was killed, it was, it was sad. And that was part of what I was trying to go here. It's like, you don't want to see these people die. You, you know, you start to hang out with them and they're great. And then it's like, oh shit, I wish they would have made it. And emotional me, roller coaster is what it was, Tommy. That's the way I get it. Emotional roller coaster. Yeah. And so even, even with uh, Nancy's death, I mean, it was like, you feel bad. And then the American Express card, <laughs> I purposely held on that shot because there's always somebody in the theater back in the 80s that would go, don't leave home without it. You know, yeah, and, right. you know absolutely. Yeah. And that was the, you know, that was what was great about movies back then is the audience would participate. They would, you know, talk back at the screen. So it, you know, it was all kind of created as an entertainment, you know, and it's all about the show. And the show was these guys. They just really, really nailed it. And it's true. We have remained friends, you know, all these decades. Uh, years later, it's like we still stay in touch. We're all Facebook people. You know, it's amazing. 
and that that like never happens. It's, I it's, love that. You know, I very, very, very blessed. It's great about it. It's true. It's extended family. Yeah, that's nice. It's all because of you, Tom McLaughlin, because you are the glue that we all stick to. That's right. Yeah, I snip the glue that you stick to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, what's a better way to go to out <laughs> with that? <laughs> I want to thank the four Toms. We're talking about Tommy, Tom, Tom, and Tom. I want to thank, <laughs> thank uh, Vincent, Whitney, um, Cindy, and we lost CJ. His phone, ironically enough, CJ died before any of you did. Which is a that's right. that's ironic. As it should be. Also, Tom Fridley, once again, thank your mother for the accidental cameo. We oh, were shit, man. Okay, when I go in the house, it'll be hilarious. If I took my camera in there right now and just secretly walked into the house, she's going to be like, oh my God, I'm so embarrassed. I didn't know I was on camera. I guarantee it. You have no idea the response that this is going to get from our listeners as we go oh, yeah. to see who else cameoed or guest starred on Charles in Charge. I trust us on that. You know, and, every uh, single one of these, we should have like a, an oddball account because she, you know, she had nothing to do with the film. Have just oddball thing like Rodney Allen Rippey just pops up. Like what yeah. the hell? <laughs> Why not? Who, who knows? Who knows? You never know who's going to show up to a reunion. That's what they always say too. So um, everybody out there, thanks so much for watching. Enjoy the rest of Salem Horror Fest. Subscribe to Halloweenies. Everybody here. Thank you so much. Thank you. Justin. Bye, thank, you. thank you. Thank you for having us, Justin. Bye. Bye, Take care. Take care, everyone. This has been a bloody disgusting show. Thanks for tuning in. If you like our programming, consider searching for other bloody disgusting podcasts, such as Creepy. Horror Queers, The Boo Crew, SCP Archives, Nightlight, Margaret's Garden, and more.